Hi, I'm Jenna McCombie, and you're listening to We're Not Dead. You better start running. We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. to episode 32 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I'm your host, Brittany Brombacher, and I'm joined by the lovely Nick Voodoo. Ahoy there! Hey, buddy, is that your, that's your new intro for the week, huh? Number two. Number two. Hey there! We 998 are... to go until I, I did realize this after I said this last time. Mm-hmm. 900, I said I thought I had a thousand ways I was going to say hello. Mm-hmm. If there's a thousand We're Not Deads, something's gone drastically wrong with Casey's uh, four-season structure. No, no, no. What you don't understand is that we'll just continue the story. I'll make my recaps every week, but I'll just kind of like make it up as I go. Perfection. So we're good. No, they could be very well a thousand episodes of these things. Perfect. So I still do have to think of my 1,000 things. All right. Got it. Yes. But most importantly, we are joined by someone very special. Maybe you'll recognize her by her voice. (laughs) Hi, guys. You better start running. (laughs) <laughs> Yay! Yes! Epic evil line. Gosh, we are so excited to have you on here. You have no idea. We're both kind of fanboying and fangirling out right now. Oh, guys, yeah, it was very flattered that you asked. And I have to dedicate that opening line to Beesball because his love for Scratch is so immense from what I heard <laughs> in the previous podcast that I want him to relive that moment one more time. And I want just, him to Just know- make sure he did- can't relive it. One more time. Say beesball, you better start running. Oh, you got it. Yes. Beesball, you better start running. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay, how long, how bad have you wanted to do that? Oh, I thought about it all day. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I know, right? Ever since, like, because I listened to, um, I listened to the previous one again last night of you guys, Mm -hmm. and, um, I heard how much he hated that line, and I was like, oh my god, I have to say it to him. He's just <laughs> opening that door, so I'm, I just, I walked through it. <laughs> and, you, and you did, and you owned it. Thank you. did a you. very good job. <laughs> every second of it. Own every second of it. I either had a really big grin when she said that, or a really big scowl, but I won't say which. Yes. Uh, listeners, before we start recording, Jenna and I uh, both grabbed a glass of wine. It's kind of, <laughs> we're kind of like on a cute little date here. And I, Nick, did you ever grab a beer or are you still working yeah, with water? I'm, I'm, I'm still nursing my water. Okay. So if we get a little loopy mid-podcast, that's our excuse. I, had, I needed some liquid courage. My excuse is that I'm insane. <laughs> well, duh. Don't, don't worry, Nick. I have a beer on the other side of me for you. She's double fisting. <laughs> Oh, the wine is done. I needed that before the podcast started to relax. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, and it's so funny because if anyone's nervous, it's Nick and I because we, you know, it's like we listen to you all the time. And so you're kind of, you're a celebrity and we're like, now we're talking to her. It's crazy. It's one of those things. Man, I didn't think of it that way. Now I need that beer. Well, I'm socially awkward and a little shy. So <laughs> this gives me an excuse to talk. <laughs> You can't see our faces, but it's just as fun. So, Jenna, what have you been up to today? Funny you should ask. I tried something I never thought I would try. <gasps> what? I did acupuncture today. 
What? Oh, how was it? Ah. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not a fan of needles at all. No. And my roommate goes, you should try it. You should just relax. And I'm like, I'm not relaxed. The thought of it's getting me more upset. And so, <laughs> so we get there and... Of course, they, the lady sees that I'm really, really nervous, and she takes me in first, obviously. Oh, yes. And um, it was amazing. What, I, did it hurt? I have to ask. The, the only ones that I felt, she put, she asked, um, she has like previous uh, injuries and, you know, all that other stuff that runs in the family. And um, she put three, like, in my ear. Like, not in <gasps> the ear, but like in the skin, like yeah. around... Uh, like where you would get it pierced, but inside. Yeah. <gasps> and those were the only, she put three of them in each ear. And that was the only one that hurt. But I had one in the top of my head. I had one in either side of my calf, either side of my knee, in my feet, in my hands, and in the ears. And that was it. And I felt absolutely amazing. I just went to sleep. Really? Yeah. It was, I was stunned. I didn't, I was skeptical. I'm like, this isn't going to work. And then Ugh. within 10, 15 minutes, like I started going numb. I started becoming very relaxed. It was amazing. Oh, see, I that, that's your body's out. defense mechanism for being punctured repeatedly by little <laughs> tiny needles. It shuts down so you don't feel the pain and the torture. I would say that's why I would have been passed out. I would have seen those needles and boom, I would have been gone. Yeah, that's me. Nick, but, guess what you're getting for Christmas, Nick? Oh, <laughs> uh, son of a whore. Damn it. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Acupuncture has uh, Jenna's seal of awesomeness, I guess. Will you yeah. be doing it again? Absolutely. I think I, I want to... My roommate, he, he is Asian, and he goes, mm -hmm. you know, the needles need to be longer, and you need to have candles on top. That's how it's really done. And I was like, <laughs> baby steps, dude, baby steps. I'm like, Wait, yeah, I got this did, far. Did it ever occur to you that he's fucking with you? Like, that none of this is actually, like, true. He just wants to see how far you're willing to go for the acupuncture treatment you think is supposed to work? He, well, he knows how, like, I've lived with him for, like, six years. He's a really good friend of mine. So, yeah, he knows how far I would go, and out of curiosity, it does, I will probably do it. <laughs> like, next time he's going to say, yeah, you put the candles on top, and then on top of that, you put, like, a little piece of, like, TNT, and the, the wick catches fire, and then you have to say calm while the, the things are blowing up all around you, oh, like dear. pyrotechnics. Oh, dear. Well, one no, of the first things we ever did, we, we jumped out of an airplane. One of the first things we've ever done is friends. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty epic. Okay, that's like, you know that's your friend for life. You guys jump out of a freaking airplane together. Yeah. Well, except he yeah, made you... me go first. So I was like, oh, okay, well, there you go. Maybe like a secondary friend. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Scratch needs acupuncture. I think she needs more than that. She needs therapy all around. <laughs> yes. So let's talk a little bit about Scratch. So why don't you tell us before that how you got involved with We're Alive? Uh, well, I worked with Casey and Shane before okay. um, on, a, on Casey's um, student film called The Barn. And mm -hmm. I've never met Shane before, and oh. Casey wouldn't let me meet him. And the the rules the rules were, the rules were uh, reversed. I played the victim, and Shane played the murderer. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And I've Casey didn't let me see him. Never didn't let me uh, meet him at all. So when the camera was in my face, when Shane stepped into the light out of the shadows, literally out of the woodwork, it was genuinely the first time i'm like wow this is the first time i know shane salk as a murderer <laughs> very clever that casey wayland yeah he was it was very authentic and it was very um intense but it was wonderful i wonder if we can find that anywhere i i have part of it on my reel <gasps> okay yes we'll have to link to that later because uh -huh. i do want to see that sure yeah so then did casey approach you with we're alive is that how he 
Um, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't ever even answer the oh, question. Oh, that's all good. So, um, I went to see Shane in the Knights of Comedy, and Casey was there, I believe. And Casey asked me, he goes, what do you think about reading for this pod, this uh, audio drama that I'm doing? And I was like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And so I, I went into the car, and Shane was there as well, and Shane read opposite of me, and... Um, Casey recorded it, and we went through a series of accents. We went through a series of uh, inflectuations in the way that he wanted her to sound. Mm-hmm. And um, he originally wanted, like, a southern accent for Scratch. <laughs> and it oh, it just funny. didn't mesh with the scene. And I'm like, oh, this isn't working. Well, like, I, I'm just trying to imagine Scratch with a southern accent and her being genuinely, like, a badass. I just can't picture it. Or here. I would say, I would imagine it would sound way too, especially if you go like Georgia Peach. It just sounds so sweet. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. It well because like a, I guess I don't know how why it wasn't working, but it, for me, it, for me, it just it wasn't like it, mm-hmm. I just wasn't getting it like the way he wanted it with that accent. So I just started. I was like, let me try this way, and it just was very raspy and it was very um, intense. And Casey's like, I like that better. We're gonna go with that. Sweet. So that's whenever we started like really getting into it, and it was really really fun. We were chilling in the car for like a half hour, going through lines. Oh, fun! Mm-hmm. So, um, have you ever played a character like Scratch before, or is that the first time you'd ever had to do crazy like bitchy lines? Uh, that's the first I've ever played someone like her. I've yeah. actually played the victim a lot more than her. I have to ask: Is that Han Solo we hear barking in the background? That is. He's running around like a mad dog. <gasps> Yay! Okay, we, that means everything worked. Yeah, we're going to have to like switch like topics for a brief second because we've got yeah. a lot of questions. How is Han Solo doing? He's amazing. He's so happy right now. He's looking up. He's smiling at me right now with his <gasps> tongue out. Ah, so everything went Aww. smooth and he's just a happy dude. Yeah. He, thank you, everybody, for you know passing the word, um, getting him fixed. He was... He was so sick when we first got him mm-hmm. that a lot of, um, like, I literally, I, I just took him for the most part. The guy mm-hmm. kind of just gave him to me as well. Like, he just kind of gave him, like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to take him. Mm-hmm. And then, but he had dig- digestive tract issues. He had ear mites so bad, mm-hmm. and as well as his brother. And I'm like, I just can't leave him like this. I have to fix him. And then not long after that, he got a little too rough with his brother and he broke his leg. Gosh, poor guy. Oh my god. It was just a disaster. A freaking circus. (laughs) Well, at least he's happy and healthy now, and I'm glad to hear everything went well. He's like the official mascot of We're Alive. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I think he is. (laughs) I will will relay that message to him. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us about your first We're Alive recording session? Like, what that was like for you? I was a little nerve-wracking. Yeah? Yeah, because, um... I, I was just walking in there. I really didn't know much about what what has happened already, so I only knew the script that I was given. And Casey kind of took me by the hand from there, mm-hmm. and and but everybody was really welcoming. Mm-hmm. And um, I I just remember not saying too much until we got into the recording session, and um, Bert was there, and Shane, and mm-hmm. and, and all of them, and they were. I just remember their expressions when I said my first line because they haven't heard, I don't think, more than a hello from me during the whole entire time. And, <laughs> and of course, like, the first thing you say is like, what? Like, back up, Back bitch. up, back the fuck up. 
or whatever the hell the line was close something similar to that it's like wow quiet girl yeah ah. yeah for the most part it was um it was a uh, it was a shocker <laughs> that's awesome well done yes now this is the where live is your first voiceover ex- experience correct or is there other stuff that you've done that's in the same similar vein no that it's been the first wow so would you say this is one of your favorite mediums of entertainment yeah for sure definitely uh-huh. Awesome. Well, we have a lot of questions for you, so I say we tackle those. Sounds good? Yeah, let's do it. All right. The first one comes from Pike Pod. He says, at the live show back last April, this person said her newest favorite scene was something recorded but not yet released. Since we are now in season three, can she say what that favorite scene was? And if there are any new favorite moments, lines, or scenes that can be discussed? Um... I can answer answer that question partially because what Casey revealed to me, I'm not sure if he wants said. Just oh, because not. It, yeah. yeah, probably not. Let's just assume he does not want that said. Yeah, but it was it was one of my favorite moments of um, it, it was an epiphany for me for that character because I mm-hmm. said I said that one particular line probably ten times, and every time Casey was like, no, 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 and then he's like, wait a minute, come here, and he takes me out. And he tells me what he, he tells me what he needs me to hear. He's like, I wanted to tell you this in case you didn't get it. And immediately when I went back in, I got it right. Exactly the way he wanted it on the first try. I just needed to know that for. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just, cool. it, it made all the difference in the world, but it was, it was so subtle. And if, I mean, it's not, it might not be huge now, mm-hmm. like, uh, as far as being revealed but it was huge at that moment for her for for scratch mm-hmm. to be able to um relate in that particular scene oh my gosh yeah ah, i'm so curious it's like i want to know but i don't want to know okay um and are there any what's like what would you say your favorite scene or moment is from season three so far that we've heard um as far as season three goes probably the the previous the most recent one with uh with kevin flood oh yeah yeah Whenever you got to know his back history, whenever, I mean, I had probably some of my favorite lines, including the, the one that started off this par- podcast. It was, it was great. Like, I just loved everything about it. Like, we, cause we, Kevin and I, we were, we're, we're really close. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, we laugh and we joke around the whole entire time whenever we're not recording. But whenever we were in there, I, we were, he was on my left. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking at him, like, saying these lines and we just hated each other. <laughs> like genuinely just disliked each other during the whole entire scene that we were recording. Wow. <laughs> How is that? You know, is, is, do you ever kind of like, I'm sure, you know, you've learned to differentiate, you know, like friends or not acting or whatnot, but does that ever like carry over slightly? You're like, I hate you, but now we're friends again. You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like there's moments when Kevin would say his lines and I could feel that I was just getting under his skin and like, I would just instinctively smile. And just say lines. I'm just like, oh, good, good. I know, like, you're feeling it. Good. I'm going to continue now. <laughs> How cool. I think yeah. being an actor would be fascinating. I'm nothing of the sort. However, like, just these hearing these stories from you and um, Jim Gleason and Kevin Flood, it's just fascinating to me. It's it's intimate. It really is. Like, with, with all of them. Like, I've had some of my best scenes have been with um, with Bert, with Kalani, with Angel, mm-hmm. and, and with my own brother in, in the, in the, um, in the right. podcast. Yeah. All right. Clem131 says, has We're Alive helped you with your career as an actress? 
it definitely didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, it. I'm working on a few things right now that that they did mm-hmm. ask things that I've done and I brought up were alive and uh, being who they are, it's a bit, it's a numbers game. So whenever I'm throwing numbers around, like they want to know like how many people we're at and blah blah blah, and you say it and they're genuinely impressed. So as far as being taken more seriously, yeah, it has helped. Great. Step. Awesome. Yeah, that's really, it's just so, you know, and this is just me like fangirling out, but I know like this whole thing was a thing Casey really wanted, you know, he's put so much time and like dedication and to see like, not only is it getting so successful, it's helping you and all the other actors at, in your guys' career. Yeah, it's been great. Not gonna did, lie. Did you expect We're Alive to get this popular? No. No. Really? Like, no? It, I, it was a really well written and well created uh, project, but I, I didn't know exactly how society would react to, like, a radio-type show again. Just mm-hmm. be, just being the medium that it is. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I read an article recently. It was like, the zombie industry is like a $6 billion industry right now. And you look at, like, um, Simon Pegg, who caught the leading edge of it with, you know, Shaun of the Dead. And, you know, Casey snuck himself in there really, really quickly and right on the leading edge of it just before it started to become really, really popular with, like, Left for Dead and which really started kicking it off and all the other zombie movies and you know now the like time warner cable commercial with ricky gervais and the zombies coming to attack him with grenades <laughs> and all that other stuff you know it, it the zombie industry is really big and it's really popping really well in 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 like popular culture and mm-hmm. you know do you ever feel like wow i'm really riding this huge wave of support for like this genre of of thing right now or do you feel like a little removed from it because you were alive is so unique to the whole process and the whole pop culture um, understanding of what a zombie is. At, at first, it was the second. I'm like, well, you know, it's like the, I have a lot of fun being a part of this, but I don't know exactly the direction it's going to go. But knowing how successful it is now, you, you can't help but smile and be like, yeah, this is really cool. And on top of being part of such a, a successful and interesting genre, it's it's nice to also be a bad character right next to the zombies. <laughs> nice. Step Laugh wants to know your favorite thing about your involvement with We're Alive. Mm. Next to experiencing it, like, with the people that I have. Because ev- everyone's amazing. They really, really are on this pocket- I- podcast. I don't have any quarrel or any type of um, hostility towards anybody. So that an experience with them is absolutely amazing, and then, and then to to play scratches is also really really cool. Cause I the the villains are someone that are, are people that I genuinely have interest in. I like the the psychology of them, and I like wow. that yeah I I like that they're mis that you don't quite understand them, and that they're not normal, and it, it poses a personal challenge too be that much more vocal about it and be that much more intimate with that idea that you are not normal. Because you are, hands down, one of the sweetest people I've ever talked to, ever. And so it's, I can't even imagine, and that's even one of the questions we have, like, what do you do to prepare your lines to be, to transform into this bitch? Because <laughs> that's pretty much what Scratch is. <laughs> Big bitch. She's not a bitch. She is not a bitch. She's just... 
misunderstood. Oh, okay. All right. Are you a psychologist now? Come on, Nick. <laughs> no, but I've played villains before when I was an actor in the dark ages of my life. You were probably a bitch, too. Yeah. I don't think I was allowed to be a bitch. I think I had to be a bastard, but okay, sure, I'm a bitch. Thanks, Brit. Anytime. Anyway. I feel so masculine all of a sudden being called a bitch by two ladies. Ooh. I, I didn't say anything. You have to do it now, You Jeno. laugh. That counts. You know what, Nick? I bet you played a bitch. Like, just... Yeah, maybe a little bit. There we go. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. Yes. Anyway. Oh, I do... I listen to music. Um, I'll start off with, um, like, heavy stuff. Oh, nice. And then I'll, believe it or not, like, right before I go in, I'll start listening to classical music. To kind really? of, yeah. To kind of, because I'll get to the point where, you know, you feel anxious, you feel anger, you, you feel all these emotions, and then classical music, for me, just kind of keeps them there. And it, and it focuses in on them, because the music slows down. Oh, my so, gosh. Do so, you care yeah. to reveal a certain song that you listen to? Um, believe it or not, what, one of the classical ones that I listen to before I go in is from Final Fantasy. It's called Fisherman's Horizon. It's oh, okay. That was awesome. okay. That's it's, nothing I want to ask you, but we can get to that yeah, later okay. after your little yeah traditions. Okay. okay. No, that's that's what I do. That's it. <laughs> and that's it, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Okay, and don't. I think it was at the live show that you said you pulled like a, a certain instance or something that was happening to you at some time to help you with some lines oh um whenever my brother died in Mm -hmm. in uh the podcast Mm -hmm. my youngest brother in real life um got diagnosed with cancer Mm. and um it was around the same time and um the idea of of death as a as a possibility in Mm -hmm. in in real life because you because at the time we didn't quite know what the cancer was Right. We're like, is this something serious? Is this something that's not serious? And it was in that unknown period. So, it, I mean, death was very much a possibility. So whenever I read in the script that he actually dies, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, like, yeah. I, I could wow. just feel what I what what would happen, like the, just the shock mm-hmm. that it, what what it, what might happen in, in real life. But. It ended up being a cancer that wasn't so serious, and they were able to get it all in treatment. So it was oh, good. It, yeah, it good. was great. Quite, wow. quite the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound rude, but that's fascinating. You know, again, it's that whole actor mentality, how you can just pull things. And I'm such an actor noob. I don't know shit and how you guys do the amazing crap you do. So, <laughs> wow. Well, I'm very happy to hear he's he's doing good then. Thank you. Yeah, yes. he's wonderful. <laughs> great. Good, good, good news all around. Han Solo is doing fantastic. Your brother's doing fantastic. Life awesome. is good. Life is life very is good. Life is amazing. How's that wine? We need to make it, a, new, a new Jenna McComedy Life is Good shirt. And just like a, a little dog and brother yeah. with a little hat or something. I don't know. And I don't give, know how you represent your brother. And uh, give whatever. Scratch a happy pill. <laughs> An acupuncture. That might help too. Ac- yeah. Acupuncture with wax candles on the end. All right. Exactly. And a glass of wine. Yeah. And a beer. And, and a beer. beer. We're good. Um, Adventureless Hero wants to know, were you the little girl that always dreamed of being an actress? No. No? Far from it. I was an athlete. Oh, tell mm-hmm. us more. Um, I played basketball, softball, and then I played volleyball in high school. Mm-hmm. And I, my goal was to play Division One basketball. That's what I really, really wanted to do. And whenever I was a freshman, I started getting questionnaires for Division Two. So I'm like, great. By the time I'm sophomore, junior, Division One's definitely, you know, 
it's it's definitely going to be there. And then I right. and then I got injured pretty bad. Oh. Yeah, I got concussions. So Oh no. I have 9 as of right now. I have You a have total 9 of, concussions? Yeah, as of right now I have a total oh my of God. 9 concussions. So oh, from I'm, basketball? No, not okay, all. Okay, I was going to say holy crap. About 6 of them are from are sport related. Wow. So I become more of a liability than anything else and what college wants wants a liability. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Knock wow. on wood. I'm probably going to get one tomorrow. I've never had a concussion. So when I talk to people that, you know, that have had freaking nine, I'm like, how the heck? You just must be super prone to them. <laughs> Concuss me. <laughs> it must be like written on your shirt. You must not want to shake your head very hard ever, just in case. Uh, it, it stopped me from bungee jumping when I saw that. When, Ooh, when, yeah. when my roommate, well, I actually paid to go bungee jumping and my roommate went first. And when I saw how he whiplashed, I go, I backed up and I go, nope, check please, done. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yep. Damn. So how did you get into the whole acting scene? I, more or less, I, I thought to myself, literally, I was like, now what the hell am I going to do? Because I've only ever known sports. I, I know, I'm usually in front of people performing in one way or another. And then um, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, I want to model before he, before I even started wanting to be an actress because mm-hmm. I was still like around 16 and I was very, very thin. I didn't have, I don't have much curve at all. At the, I didn't at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'll do it. I want to do it right now. So I made my parents drive like two hours to Pittsburgh every weekend for me to take classes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it drove them nuts, and they thought it was going to be like a phase, and I would burn out with it, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't. I moved to New York City. Um, Yay, New York! Yeah, and I, I did some things up there, and then I was like, you know what? I want to be an actress now, and then I moved to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. So- <laughs> I love how some of the, like, so many of my friends torture themselves with the decisions of, I'm going to become an actor, and I'm going to do this, and they live impoverished in Astoria, and live in like seven people high on top of one bedroom apartments, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to be an actress. Cool. Well, I'm just going to go do it now. I'm moving out to LA. Here we go. Yep. Oh! That was kind of so, how it was. So you moved to LA. That's awesome. Yep. And then that's just kind of how it all started? Didn't... Yeah, as, as far as the acting goes, I mean, don't get me wrong, Nick. It, it was, wasn't pleasant in New York City at all. Like, I love New York. But it was. It was living in a place with, like, 11 yeah. other people. And, I mean, I slept in a closet at one point because all the beds were taken. I was the only one in the household of these models that had an outside job in addition to to modeling. So, by the time wow. I got home, the only space left was literally a closet. Oh, God. Yeah. I think you lived in the same apartment that I lived in when I moved to New York. Oh, it was, I mean, it, it was not fun, the, especially the sleeping aspect, because you think, you're like, oh my god, I'm like one of the oldest ones here. These <laughs> these little shits are taking up my bed. <laughs> what happened to respect to your elders, man? It, exactly! I was like, am I, does, is there no manners, or is there anything not taught from people? <laughs> like, seriously? Holy oh, no. hell! <laughs> Our little Jenna sleeping mm. in closets. Yeah, I mean, I'm not little. I'm tall, and you get scrunched in these freaking little closets. Was it at least like, was it at least like a walk-in closet, or was it like a closet closet? It, it, you know what? It was it was half of both. It was like a four by four thing. It was not big at all. 
<laughs> and I just and and to top it's, it off, it's all. something you can use to bring into your scratch character because you know what it's like to live in a cell. There you it, go. It kind of literally, that's what it felt like. There and, you go. And to top it off, a brown recluse bit my foot, and I almost lost my foot. It, oh my ah! God, shut up. <laughs> They're not even you native to New York. Beat to You're shit, moved. my friend. <laughs> They're not even native to New York. And then I wake up one morning and, and I'm like, why the hell is my foot numb? And a couple days, I'm like, well, it's probably nothing. A couple days pass, and I look back down at it. It's freaking purple up to my ankle. I literally oh can't God. feel it when I touch the floor. And I go into work, and I go, do you think there's something wrong with my foot? And I pull down my sock. And they're like, um, hospital now. And I was on IVs within minutes. At, and they said 36 more hours they would have had to amputate. Oh, my, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, man. No wonder I drank. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a paper cut today. That was pretty rough. <laughs> hey, those aren't fun either. <laughs> I, uh, I tweaked my knee when I was sitting at my desk. I got nothing. I No, I know. I feel like Jen is like this epic war hero that has all these stories, and we're just like, yeah, paper cuts and tweet, neat tweets. Yeah, like, all, all my really good injury stories go, like, really far back when I was, like, in high school playing hockey and, like, all this other stuff, and I haven't really hurt myself really good in years. Oh, you're due. I got nothing, dude. Um, I was gonna ask you, Jenna. Now, do you do cosplay? You do, right? I only do it whenever we do. Whenever my roommate and I, I go out for like anime con or something like that. He's that the one. Is so uh, he's the one that made. I don't care. He literally made me buy the costume. Like he made you me. You looked hot. You were lightning, right? Is that who? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Yes. Okay, people. <laughs> if you have not seen these pictures, I need to post them, and you need to find them. Lightning from Final <laughs> Fantasy thirteen. Like, the best ever. Oh, no, I'm not even kidding. When I first found that out about you, I, like, crapped my pants. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> she can act, and she's a cosplayer. No, it looks really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, I honestly, I didn't know anything about Final Fantasy at all until um, till my roommate showed me what it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And he I played, can do this. Yeah, he played Final Fantasy XIII. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was like, okay, yeah, she's she's freaking cool. I like her character a lot. And he's like, you know, you should be here for Halloween. You kind of look like her. I go, yeah, right. And then within the week, I was waiting in my costume. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it looks incredible. I'm going to post this actually to We're Not Dead's Facebook page in like five seconds. Anyway. Awesome. No, yeah, really, really good. You should do more. Anyway, um, Litmaster wants to know, how much of the plot does Casey reveal to you and the other actors? Next to none. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I don't know anything about anybody else's character. Mm-hmm. I only know about mine, and I only know what Casey literally tells me, like, that day. Mm-hmm. I know everything up to this point, um, just what's in the scripts and the tidbit of information Casey gave me before the story actually started about her. Like, literally one sentence. Mm-hmm. So everything in there is very fresh, and it's very much, like... This is it. This is the moment. Go. This is what I want. Wow. So when you get those scripts, do you like flip through them like a freak because you want to know what's going on? Like how you're pretty, you're probably really invested in the story. Uh, I I take any any acting extremely serious, and that's uh-huh. probably why I'm kind of quiet whenever I go into recording. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll read the script and I'll diagnose my character and I'll analyze her and then. If if what I come up with isn't what Casey wants, he just tells me, and then it's usually like he's he's so easy when as as far as the director comes, like a, it's not hard for for me to understand exactly what he wants. 
And that's the second part of Litmaster's question. He wants to know how much of a micromanager is Casey when it comes to how you interpret your lines. Have you ever disagreed with his choice of dialogue? No, I, actually, I haven't. Um, it, it's I, I haven't I haven't ever disagreed because Casey lets me be creative uh, for a lot of my lines. But if I'm not get if I'm not saying it in a way that makes sense for the way he stitches everything together. Mm-hmm. Then that's whenever he stops. He's like, no, go back. But like, but this past one with Kevin was probably mm-hmm. one of the best recording sessions I've ever had. Like, it was just like, I completely understood everything now, probably because of what I've recorded so far. And now we're mm-hmm. stepping back. So I know where I've, oh, I know right. where I've gone. Now I'm going backwards. Now I know where I need to get, if that makes do sense. You, do you ever find, yeah, no, do you ever find yourself wanting to ask Casey more details just because you kind of want to know what's going to happen? Or do you like being surprised? Ah, uh, I like being surprised. Because I think if it was something really import- important that I needed to know, Casey would pull aside uh, mm-hmm. again and tell me. So I, I let him do his own thing. And he let he lets me do mine. Do you listen to the We're Live episodes? That sounds like a dumb question, but I know some actors don't like listening to themselves, like the final product. I didn't listen to it until chapter 16. Oh, okay. Nope. Hmm. That's whenever I first started. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, if I'm going to be serious i have i i might want to start listening so i know exactly who these other people are <laughs> like who, who i'm gonna torture <laughs> making mental notes Ooh, when i come across this person yeah but it kind of for the most part i'm like oh okay i do know who you are yeah mm. that type of a thing <laughs> okay the next one comes from tessin and he or she i'm not sure wants to know what was your favorite line of dialogue Hands down, probably the last one I've said. But you better start running. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was just so much fun. I mean, it was just one of those intimate moments with Kevin mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. when he looked, like, he seriously like, looked at me in my eye, freaking scared out of his mind. And I just remember smiling, saying, and it wasn't even, it was just an emotion of absolute pleasure in the moment saying that line. And you can hear it, too. Oh, you totally could. Yeah. Uh, you, you can just, you can hear yourself just relishing every second of that line. Yeah, I mean, before the after the after burn of it when he's just sitting there letting it hit him, and then he has his, the fuck yeah. or whatever he says. And it was awesome. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm so happy that that you guys think that that it, that it came across exactly how I felt at that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, it de- it definitely read it it translates very well. The only thing I do have to add though, when I, like there was an awkward silence because that was like at the the bottom of a page. That that we were that we cut off because we do like a three page switch and that was mm-hmm. kind of at the bottom and I just rem- like once once that line was said and and me and Kevin we kind of we we looked over at Casey and Casey and um everyone else in in the recording session it was like an awkward silence and Casey kind of goes really creepy guys that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> sweet yeah. Uh- I got a question from Will Taylor, who's a Twitter follower of mine, at Thane underscore of underscore Ross. Mm-hmm. And he wants to basically know, uh, is it hard to play such an evil character without the benefit of your audience being able to see you? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Um, because I do, whenever I do act, a lot of it is within my eyes. That I, My eyes are very, very intense. So when, mm. And I use them more so than my voice. And that, I actually... That was another question that was asked previously by somebody else. And I was that, especially not doing a voiceover a- at all, 
to be able to, now I'm like, oh my God, I can't use my face for intensity and I have to use my voice for intensity. So it was very much finding that balance again in a different way. Wow. Um, let's see. We have one from John Benditz. He said, Scratch, you're pretty badass. One, can I buy you a drink? And two, <laughs> what would you do post a zombie apocalypse? It's a scratch or me? This is scratch, right? You said scratch, yes. <laughs> so I guess he's talking to your character. I would be doing exactly what I'd be doing. Wreaking <laughs> havoc, causing death, making riots. <laughs> but I, I would probably find some time to, to play around, though, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you know what? You can buy me that beer, and then I'll kill you. <laughs> once, once, all, once all your money's gone, I'll kill you. <laughs> Dear God, I know. I'd like to team up with you post zombie apocalypse. I mean, you as in general, no, as in no. Scr- not scratch. No, oh, don't, don't, Come don't follow now. Brit. She's going to a Costco. She's just gonna die. Okay, fine. Okay, what do you think about my whole Costco idea? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. I really don't. Oh, Thank I you. don't because there's a there. It's it's pretty well fortified if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks I'm going to die. Everyone thinks I'm be the first one dead. I That's have, because I everyone just, else is going to go there. I just went to Costco. I was like, first of all, you have mad supply of food and yes. everything else that you may need. Second of all, you just lower down some doors and there's so much stuff in there. You can just barricade everything. Thank you. I don't care if it's overrun with zombies and our people. I will kill them all. We'll just climb to the top of all those things. We'll climb on top of the no. towers of toilet paper and we'll sleep up there. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And, it, and it's always in the very, very back. So they got a ways to crawl. So They do. And we'll be safe on our fortified tower of toilet paper. Exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with my police station idea. So you go ahead. Oh, oh not, not a bad one either. Shh. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Aaron Heavey says, if a weird life scenario were to occur, what would be your must-have luxury item to keep with you? Mm, probably... Oh, crap. I would say my iPhone, but if mm-hmm. there's no electricity, then it's kind of be obsolete. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could, like, turn it on inside and scale it and maybe, like, hit someone in the head and kill them, you know? That's, oh. Well, that's true. I'm, that's a, I mean, it's, it's a one-shot pony because it'll probably explode, but you never know. Maybe the Gorilla Glass will just pierce their head. You know You know what I would take? I would take my Tempur-Pedic pillow. <laughs> That's that's what it would be. I'd be like, that's you know just what? Just because the world around you is crumbling doesn't mean you can't be comfortable. Exactly. Thank you so much. That's actually not a bad idea. Then that way you could find you could sleep anywhere. Yeah. As I, I would, which I don't have a problem doing anyway. I oh can yeah, sleep you're sleeping in closets and stuff and getting bitten by spiders. I'm uh, sure you. Of could. course. Absolutely. I was like, but at least it's going to be comfortable. Gosh. So when you're not acting or doing your normal concussion things, what what do you do in your in your spare time? Um, I'm a foodie. I nice. really really enjoy going out trying uh, different foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am kind of a, an adrenaline junkie. So anything that Wait, invo- you mean the person that went bungee or almost went bungee jumping and jumped out of a plane is an adrenaline junkie? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, I am. You need to up your you need to up your game. I don't believe you. Well, I'm, I'll be a certified scuba diver in a few weeks. That's exciting. I want to do that. That's, That's something awesome. on my bucket list. I really want to do. It's beautiful, Brett. It's uh, absolutely worth every moment. Uh, yep, it's worth good. every penny as well. Like yes, I, yeah, absolutely. So, do you like to travel or? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I do love to travel. Um, the the last country I've been to was Thailand. Um, uh-huh. because my roommates from there. But I went back. To, I went back with him to see his family, 
and mm-hmm. I, I got to ride elephants. I got, I mean, you get to wow. do so many things that you just can't do here. And there, mm-hmm. the one zoo that I went at, or uh, that I went to, the the cages you can literally go up to, and I was touching like marmosets and and lizards, and and I'm like, oh my god, you could never do this in the U.S. ever. No. And and part of the zoo was a safari, so you're literally in your car, and there's wild animals all around you. It was amazing. Oh, and you just drive. I've been to a place like that where you just kind of drive through. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then you go in, and I was, like, feeding giraffes, and oh, it was <laughs> awesome. It was just great. B- feeding baby tigers, and you're like, oh, my God, you're so cute. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was really cool. It was ama- an amazing country. I am. So, I want to do that. That's now on my bucket list to go to Thailand and go to a safari and be, feed baby tigers. That was, in, that was in Bangkok, if you want to go to that particular zoo. If you want to go diving... Um, go, go to Phuket. Phuket. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to like keep in touch and talk about awesome things to do. Cause clearly you're doing it right. That's, I, I mean, the concussions <laughs> are just, you know, proof of that. I try not to keep anything holding me down ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the fan questions I have. Thanks guys. Oh well, yeah. You asked them. Nick, yeah. Unless you, unless you had any other ones you wanted to pull from somewhere. I think I got the majority uh, of them. Well, this is, um, one from the uh, the Facebook post for the We're Not Dead uh, Facebook page you just posted. That uh-huh. It exploded in the last, like, hour. Um, Marvin, did you ask the Marvin question? Uh, do you think Scratch is a sadist or a masochist? Do you, uh, do you think she enjoys uh, being rough in that regard? Like, basically, the gist of the question, without going too spoilery, is, uh, in your opinion, and I know we don't know a lot about Scratch and her history, so, you know, tread as lightly as you want on this because I don't want to get you or us in trouble. Sure. Um, you know, what sort of, what do you think really makes Scratch tick and, you know, like what sort of motivates her to be sort of the way she is in your opinion as like an outside observer looking in at the character? Um, I mean, my, my approach to her is, is um, at least where she's at right now, she's surrounded by men and to, to, continue to have her power she has to she has to show some type of aggression and the way women show aggression is way different than men you know she physically may not be able to take them like if it was a one-on-one hand hand on hand combat but when her voice rises they listen to her because they have no choice like what what man wants to hear women go crazy like that so right. she gets their attention that way and then she goes from there, like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna get their attention, I'm going to keep it, and I'm going to continue to have the influence and the power. It's, it's all about her power and keeping that power by, by whatever means necessary. She's going she's gonna to keep it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait to find out more about this, about Scratch as a character. That, that's, that's just my personal take and, like, how I approached her. I'm like, okay, well... You know, she's around the toughest kind of men being convicts. How is she going to hold power? How, is, how are they going to respect her? Right. You know, I think it's really interesting when you're talking about the raising of your voice because it, for me as a listener, and I know this has nothing to do with you, Jenna, as the actor, what always grabs my attention most with Scratch is when you bring her down. Mm-hmm. So when you have that, you know, uh, you better start running or... Um, uh, uh, the other example I just had in my head that I just left, uh, uh, you're sick or whatever. You know, those examples where you hear the true thoughtfulness of 
like she's not the one dimensional psycho character. You can hear her thinking and you can hear like that stuff. That's what brings to, at least for me, that brings what's so much power to the character. Cause just psychologically mm-hmm. that just makes her so intense. And I think that's one of the best parts of your portrayal of her as a character is that she has a really high emotional part that puts her in control of all these people that for all rights, I guess, air quotes, mm-hmm. shouldn't be listening to this little frail person. But they do, and then when she, you can hear the master manipulation that she has uh, with everyone else around her when she brings it down to that level. And I think that's a really cool part of the character. Thank you, and because she's not, because you don't see her as much as you see Bert or Michael, it, it gave me an opportunity to to bring her down, and because you've seen her in the most emotional parts, so that's there is a lot of. You know the voice raising and the, and the inflectuation on certain words, and and now that like you hear her over the intercom and she's not there, she's not in the heat of everything. She can talk. Mm-hmm. She can be like, okay, whatever. She's not leading right now. Definitely. God, that it's so fascinating to hear your because you know she, like you were saying she's one of those characters that we you know we don't know that much about, and it's so fast fascinating to hear your point of view like as the actress. Like, what do you think of this character? Because I don't know what the fuck to make of her. I, I just like that she's, I've got, I just, I love her. I, I do so, I love her so much. And, and to play her and to, and to kind of get into her mind and to get into Casey's mind of how he visualizes her. Cause my goal is to make it better than what he ever envisioned her as. That is my ever striving goal. Wow. That's a good goal to have, man. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, just as another, just, uh, you as Jenna, the person question. Uh, what ca- other character on the on the podcast do you just sit there and go, God, I wish I could just punch them. They're so annoying, or like something like that. Unless unless you don't listen to it in that way. I know that you have your actor analysis, so I don't know how deeply you listen to it. But do you ever want to just punch a character, not as scratch, but like Jenna? Do you ever feel like punching a character for being stupid, like Michael for missing Peg's? Not so subtle hints or something like that. Uh, that that was one of them. I just looked like, oh, really, really? She, like, should she just should she just strip there and lay for you? Is is that what it's gonna take? I know I, that's what I was. Th- I was just thinking that too. What else you wanted to do for you? Well, you know, uh, to be perfectly honest, that would definitely get his attention. Let's be honest about it. But then I mean, he'd probably be like, well, what do you want me to do with that? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. What do I do now? I'm like, oh my god, what a kill. No, yeah. if if that happened, there is absolutely no hope for the human race. Period. That's true. Whatsoever. It's a good thing it didn't have to go that far. That that's what I'm thankful that's true. for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That and probably Bert. Whenever he was, um, when he kind of lost his confidence and he was like really, really mm-hmm. down, and he was like taking his anger out on everybody else, and it was very displaced. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, don't shut up. I was like. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, I was like, oh my god, my character would never act like that. <laughs> <laughs> my character is better than your character. She would just sit there shooting random people over and over again just to make herself feel better. <laughs> just because Bert's so much stronger than that. I was, as a character, I was like, he's huge. He's a man. And he's a burly man. Come on. <laughs> he's got a lot of meat and girth to him. Exactly. And it, and it was more or less, I'm like, oh god, this just, man... They just need a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have you. <laughs> the yeah. psycho post-apocalyptic bitch that everyone loves to hate. <laughs> I think Bert doesn't want me, though. 
Probably not. That would be one of the greatest relationships to ever form in this entire series would be Scratch and Bert. We would kill each other. Can you... It, oh my god, can you just imagine the fight they would have though? <laughs> it would be ep- it would be like Mr. and Mrs. Smith epic. <laughs> Except Mr. and Mrs. Smith genuinely love each other. We would genuinely hate each other. I know, and that would make the aspect so much cooler cuz there would be no love, it would just be hate oh. and anger and wrath. I think oh, I would win. I do. Never going to happen, dude. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. I'm putting it in my Voodoo Lounge predictions next time. <laughs> it's happening next <laughs> chapter. Oh, I called it. Oh, dear. Oh, Nick. And on that note, <laughs> Jenna, thank you so much for coming on with us. Yes, this thank was, you. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to We're Not Dead too. That's very flattering. <laughs> you very. guys are great. I sit there. I'm like, oh, my God, it's on. Everyone shut up. I'm going to put my headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> so you can listen to how much Bees hates your character. Oh, Bees, I hope you hate me even more. <laughs> You know what's awesome, though, is now he has to listen to, like, an hour of raw Jenna sound, and he's got to cut it together, so by the time he's done, he's going to be, like, rocking in a corner going, I hate her, I hate her, I, know. I hate her, I hate her. I know, and I'm so excited over it. <laughs> this is a scratch coming out in you. <laughs> it is, just because, like, I, I, I love that Bees gives me criticism. I think it's so funny. He's like, I just, her character's so annoying. I, just, I don't get why she would say that line. I'm like, really? Really, Bees? <laughs> My God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good old beast. Oh, well, it feels kind of good now to have some shit flipped his way. So I'm sure he'll enjoy it. You guys can have a, now a new war, the Jenna Bees War. Love you, Bees. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, so thanks again, Jenna and Nick. I'm sure we will talk next week and cover, gosh, is it 28 1? 28 1. And uh, do you want to say what the chapter title is? If you know it, yeah. Uh, you don't, you didn't see it? No, come on, Nick. Don't make me look like a total slacker on the podcast. It's not a total slacker on the podcast. It's just that, you know, I post my blog and I thought you read it every once in a while. Oh, it's only on your blog. That's why I don't know it yet. Come on, I don't read your shit. (laughs) Wow. I don't want to tell you anymore. I've been Uh, talking to Jenna too much. I blame her. It's all the wine, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anytime. I think we're pretty much wrapping up the podcast, so if you don't want to know what Chapter 28's title is, stop the podcast now. If you do want to know, it's coming in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Last Dying Breath. <gasps> oh, crap. Yeah. So that's what we have to talk about. Last Dying Breath. Okay, either A, this is going to like reflect on Kalani's storyline until like he finally dies, or someone else is going to die. Well, shoot. So that's the name of that title. So now I can worry and lose sleep and piddle myself over the fact that someone else will probably be dying. Fantastic. Thanks, Casey. Love you a lot. (laughs) Just saying. Okay, so for Nick and for me and for the lovely Jenna, thank you for listening to We're Not Dead and we're out. Thank you, guys. (laughs) 